whether it's birth trauma or whether it's you have a special needs child, I think many of these tools can permeate into different areas. Welcome to the Enlightening Motherhood Podcast. Here you will find a non-judgmental community offering support to mothers raising children with extra challenges. This community was created for you to empower moms who love their children deeply, but are also feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, or just plain stressed out. We are the place for moms who are sometimes feeling at the end of their rope and are looking for hope and light. Join us as we help you enlighten motherhood. Hey everyone, this is Emily, and I am so excited to have another podcaster on the show today. I have with me Kathy Garrett. Kathy, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about your podcast? Sure. Hi. Thanks again so much for having me today. I'm super excited. So currently we're the Twinkie Chronicles. We are in the planning stages of rebranding our podcast. It will be called the Birth Trauma Chronicles. Okay. Um, so I'm super excited that with for that, our audience just really showed us that they wanted more birth trauma stories. Um, so we're kind of gearing more towards that than the whole scope of motherhood. So I'm Kathy. I'm from Florida. Uh, I've been married for six years, have two little girls. So yeah, that's a little bit about us. Great. So happy to have you here, Kathy. So I know on your podcast, you explained all of the details of your second birth, and that was a really traumatic experience. So I'm going to refer listeners that if they do want to listen, they can look up either Twinkie Chronicles or Birth Birth Trauma Chronicles. Yes. They can look up either, and I'll link them in the show notes since we're recording now, but it will release in a few weeks. I'll refer them there for the whole story, but can you kind of just like gently summarize the difference between your first birth and your second birth? So they were vastly different. Um, I had an unplanned C-section with my first, um, and then some complications with a uterine infection, um, and a re-hospitalization. And that was hard in and of itself, but um, my second delivery, like I said, was just vastly different. Um, I had an amniotic fluid embolism. Okay, and that that led to a lot of other health issues, right? Correct, yeah. So um, sometime during my postpartum period, I did have a stroke, and I'm doing really, really well considering where I started. But yeah, it has just caused a whole slew of issues um, with I'm right side affected, so I have weakness on my right side. I have some mild cognitive delays. Like I said, they've gotten much better as time has gone on. But the biggest thing has been not being able to drive. I have a lot of visual issues, and like the muscles even that control my eyes are very, very weak. Oh, oh. That is that is so much. Your first birth, you were probably like, I did not plan on this C-section. I did not plan on this pre-hospitalization. Mm-hmm. And you were probably thinking like, man, this is hard. But now you're looking after your second birth and you're like, whoa, I thought that that was hard. Yeah. And the fact that you're still facing so many health challenges from it. I know we've talked, you know, before this recording about the idea of how different your motherhood is looking than what you expected. Do you want to talk a little bit just how it's been hard, for example, when your daughter's having a meltdown and you're used to being able to pick up your child, but 
Yeah. Now you can't, right? And so yeah, what... she's she's getting to the point. Um, even the three-year-old now is getting to the point that I'm not strong enough to contain her and support her through. Contains probably a harsh word, but you know, scoop her up during yeah. a to pick her tantrum. up and hold her. Yeah, yeah, and help her work through a tantrum. Um, so through your coaching and, you know, talking to a lot of other moms, um, particularly moms who are experiencing disabilities like myself, learning, you know, I can't stand there and hold her while she's throwing a tantrum, but I can sit on the couch with her. And, you know, if it gets too, I'll use the term big, Mm -hmm. Um, if the tantrum gets too big, I will have to like call my husband and be like, Hey, can you help me? Um, cause I'm really, really struggling here. And thankfully we have a lot of, like, if we're out at a church function or out with friends or things like that, we have a great support system that, you know, will even intercede and on my behalf, like if they see me struggling, they'll, you know, ask, what can I do for you? Can I help you? And they just kind of swoop in. Yeah. And so I, I really, I'm going to say something and I hope it doesn't sound insensitive because I'm so sorry that you're going through these struggles. And I think if I had the limitations you had, I would definitely have a lot of sadness and grief to process through myself. But it is, it's just interesting because it's not that you, it's not that you're unable to help your daughter with what she needs whenever she's having a meltdown. It's that you're not able to help her in the way that you're used to helping her. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely been a massive perspective shift. And I think, you know, no matter what your challenge, hardship, trauma, whether it's birth trauma or whether it's you have a special needs child, I think many of these tools can permeate into different areas. So like for me in my motherhood journey, I love that you brought up grief because I have just a couple weeks ago started therapeutic horseback riding. That has been a huge step for me. I started riding when I was 10 years old. So I love, I love all animals, but particularly horses. Sounds amazing. Yeah. And so this has been like such a life giving experience for me. But just yesterday I was sitting at the barn and having to sit down and catch my breath and I was just reflecting as I was like watching everyone, you know, be busybodies throughout the barn. Um, I just was reflecting of like, I'm just not able to do the things that I used to do at a barn. And who knows, maybe one day I will be. But yeah, I was feeling that grief yesterday. And um, I think it's so important to process that grief and, you know, focus on those hard feelings and press into them, but then also focus on what is. I'm there. I'm riding a horse again. I'm, you know, grooming him and sponging him off after our ride. Like there's so many things that I am able to do. (laughs) And like I said, it's important to honor those hard feelings, but on the same token, like it's important to honor the good feelings too. Like there needs to be balance absolutely um, between the two. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. A few weeks ago um, on episode 33, we talked about the famous essay. It's called Welcome to Holland. And the idea is, I mean, 
anyone can go back and re-listen to it if they haven't. But the idea is we're on this plane to Italy and we've expected to go to Italy our whole lives and then the plane lands and suddenly we're in Holland. Mm. It's it's not that Holland's bad. Like I, I wouldn't say, Kathy, I'm just guessing, I wouldn't say that you don't want to be a mom right now. I wouldn't say that you hated riding that horse, right? Or that you don't want your girls around, right? Definitely I don't think not. it's any of that. It's just that it's not exactly what you had expected. And so you're having to do it differently than you'd planned your whole life. Kind of like your whole life you learned Italian and now you're having to learn how to, what do, what do they speak in Holland? <laughs> I, I think Dutch. Okay. I think. <laughs> to learn the, sure. learn the language of Holland, we'll just say. Um, Dutch or, you know, whatever. It's just an analogy, of course. But we talked a little bit how, like, it's not just the fact that motherhood looks different. The pain comes when we think, okay, motherhood looks different, but it shouldn't. Or like this, this trauma that I've had, it shouldn't have happened. And I want to be as strong before as I was before, but I'm not, and I should be. And holding on to this desire of what we wish life would look like rather than what life is. I love what you've said. Focus on what is first. We process like, it's okay to be sad. Like you had not planned on this. You're having to learn things on the fly. You're having to raise two wonderful girls while handling all of these other problems that you're handling. You're a fabulous mother, but you still have to learn a lot on the fly. And I work with a lot of people whose kids have really intense anger or they just freeze and curl up in a ball over really simple things, just these intense emotions. And they manifest as really intense behaviors. And the, the moms sit there and go, this is not what I thought motherhood would look like right now. Mm-hmm. And they can handle it. They, they might not realize at the time that they can, just like you think, I can't handle this because I can't pick up my daughter. And that's how I handle meltdowns. Like, well, you can, you might have to call your husband. You might need to ask a friend at church for help. It's just that expectation that this should be different and it's not. But sometimes letting that go and accepting like it is different and now what? Yeah. And I, you know, in our coaching session, we talked about fighting against reality. And I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head that um, our reality is hard. It, it is. I mean, motherhood for many people is hard. Um, I think even if you have a picture X delivery, even if, you know, quote unquote, rocking your postpartum period, motherhood can still has challenges and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like well what was your challenge today you know and tomorrow it might be a new challenge and then the day after that might be great like it's just it's just fighting against reality i mean even when i was in the hospital you know they told my family kathy's going to be in the hospital for six to eight months um, and then probably have to transfer to a long-term care facility and Mm -hmm. between the hospital and uh, inpatient rehab, I was in the hospital exactly one month. But even like when I was in those hard days of um, inpatient rehab was very intense. It was three hours of therapy a day. And when you have a brain injury, you know, you're just so, so tired. Even just going about like brushing your hair, brushing your teeth, the normal everyday things that you should be doing. Um, And I just remember like, being so sad being there that I didn't really enjoy it. Mm. It took me about six months to fully understand the scope of everything that happened and how sick I was, still am. And there's been snippets throughout the last three years that I 
go revert back to that just fighting against reality and I have to just reorient myself and say you know like it's okay for me to be sad in this moment it's okay that today is hard but hopefully tomorrow will be a better day I've always been a morning person um so mornings tend to be really good for me and like as the day goes on it gets harder and harder and like I've intentionally started uh scheduling some of my like physical and occupational therapy appointments in the afternoons to try and Mm. continue to build up that endurance because kids are busy and I want to keep up with them um but yeah sometimes what you desire and what is in your reality are two different things and that's okay but you also don't have to fight against it either yeah that's such a good point and it's also interesting because I have some things in my motherhood that have been challenges and I'm handling them a lot better than I used to, but I especially think back, like I had some really intense challenges. I've never had a stroke. (laughs) I've never had to stop driving. And so I just listen. I'm like, wow, like I thought I had it hard. And then I think, well, I did have it hard. (laughs) And we, we talked previously and I, I like the point of like, do I really need to compare and say, well, let me sit here and think, are the challenges that I have harder than Kathy's? Or is it the challenges that my friend with a child who has some violent tendencies whenever their their kid is angry, like maybe that kid has it harder. Like sometimes my mind goes there and then I have to stop and think, wait, why am I even comparing these? <laughs> like Exactly. Like, you know. What if I, I just say, hey, Kathy has it hard and I have some things that are hard and I'm working on them and so does my friend over there. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the most eye-opening um, things um, that I've ever heard is trauma is subjective. It's if you feel, and I'm going to talk more in like the birth trauma caveat, but you know, it's just if if you feel like your birth was traumatic it was there is no like checklist Mm -hmm. to like if these things happen then it's traumatic and even like the comparison of my first birth to my second birth there was trauma there I didn't realize it at the time but now looking back having gone through this this new experience and meeting more people in the birth trauma community it absolutely was traumatic rehospitalization is unlike anything that yeah it, it it's just hard it just is yeah and I vividly remember coming home after that second hospitalization and thinking like oh my goodness am I gonna have to go back in three days four days a week like and it didn't feel like we were really finally settled until like I think my daughter was three weeks old mm-hmm. uh, obviously my second was so much more severe but that doesn't take away the hardship or the trauma that I experienced in my first. Hmm. My trauma doesn't take away from that person's trauma. And it's just like, I like to use the analogy of like, let's just sit in the muck together. Hmm. And, you know, I saw on Instagram this morning about someone posted about like, if you, if someone, t- if you tell someone like a little bit of your story and then they say, oh, I can't even imagine well, the fact is you can, you can imagine by asking questions mm. and listening intently and trying to understand. And there's so many phrases out there that we could extend to trauma survivors. Again, whatever that trauma is, whether that's birth or motherhood trauma or 
um, domestic violence or childhood trauma, you know, whatever that trauma looks or war that too, like, um, you can imagine if you sit and take the time to listen and ask thoughtful questions. That is a good point. And it also, so by the time that this episode airs, there, we would have had a few other episodes. One of them is on processing traumatic events. So mm. it's, um, and in that episode, we will be talking about why it's actually, sometimes when our child has a traumatic event, we kind of want to like distract them. Even something like they get a shot at the doctor and you're like, okay, well, that's over here. Here's a lollipop. That probably not cause long-term damage to your children. I've done it to my kids many, many times. And <laughs> I really don't think they have lingering trauma there over that. But one child one day might, right? And yeah. then they have this unexplicable fear of the doctors. And we kind of want to ignore and, and dodge the fact that they got a shot before because the next time they go, they're not getting that shot. And so we try to skim around it and avoid it and focus on the fun things at the doctor. We're just going back and explaining what happened and reliving that shot is actually what's going to help to heal it a little bit. And so anyways, I go really deep into all the brain science and how it works with children and with us in that episode. So I won't go into that deeply here, but it's just interesting. And I think it's great that you're providing a space, a safe space here on the internet where women can go if their trauma includes their birth story. I don't recommend that women that are pregnant go there. <laughs> yeah, I think but that's fair. Another thing, it, I think sometimes people when we go through a really hard thing and others maybe want to help us process it, that we kind of shut off and we're like, no, you just will never understand it. And no, no one can understand. And we want to like shut off the world around us. And some of that, like, I don't think anyone's meaning to be bad in that situation. Like they're not trying yeah. to be a horrible shut off person. They just feel like no one can get it. And so they want to hold it all in internally and humans are social creatures and when we allow someone else to process it with us that's actually where a lot of that healing comes yeah and i mean to some extent i'm never gonna know what it's like to go to war or have a divorce like i haven't had a divorce so to some extent there is some truth in the fact that i'm never hopefully we will never get divorced but <laughs> it's not an option but um, there's some truth in that I'm never going to a hundred percent walk in your shoes, but that doesn't mean I can't sit with you and process it. And even like you were talking about the experience of the child going to the doctor and having a shot, which can be traumatic. It, I think different kids react to things differently. Just allowing other people the opportunity to try to like, sure. You I'll never understand what it's been like to have a stroke a hundred percent, but I can listen to you and I can try to understand. And then like, let's say I only get 15%. That's really low of your understanding of what it's like. That's a lot more than zero. And Absolutely. so to being able to understand what someone else is going through. Yeah. And even, um, you were talking about like the child at the, the doctor having the shot, like in my situation, when I was talking about the grief that I was feeling yesterday, too often I think people even do that to themselves and, you know, like they gaslight themselves like, oh, well, you know, it's not that big a deal that I'm sad. I can't, you know, clean stalls or lead a horse safely or, you know, fully bathe a horse. Like it's, that's not sad. That's not what's important. What's important is I can ride the horse and I can sponge them down and I can brush them. But 
if we're just constantly gaslighting ourselves and just dismissing those feelings, it's going to manifest in other ways, you know, whether that's physical health issues or, um, mental health issues, like it's going to come out somehow. Oh yeah. I'll just leave it with your words because those were much better than what I was coming up with. (laughs) That's okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, Kathy, do you have any message for moms who are facing things that are harder than what they had expected? And they have this total, like, this wasn't the way that I thought my life would be. And now I have this challenge I never thought I would have. And I'm learning as I go how to handle it. What advice would you have for that mother? Ooh, that's a great question. I, the first thing that pops into mind is just take it one moment at a time. And that sounds so cliche, but if I am able to do that, then for me, the day doesn't seem quite as overwhelming. Mm. If I, you know, if I'm home with my daughter and she's just had a really hard morning um, and thrown a lot of tantrums, then, you know, I'm, you know, just focusing on, okay, well, what can I change? Another big one for me too is like changing your environment. Go outside, go for a walk or go put her in the bathtub or get a popsicle and take I her have outside. a playlist I love to put on when I when I need a change and I'm in the house still. I have a certain yeah, I have a, a few great idea playlists. too. The yeah. music. I start to dance and the kids look at me like I'm crazy and I that that just kind of fuels my happiness. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I love that idea. That's great. That's great. And I love the idea of taking it one moment at a time too. I um, I know some people maybe with siblings that fight a lot and then they worry, okay, what's this going to mean long-term? And I think in those moments that just taking it one moment at a time is better. Like, I don't need to worry. I think that things will work out. I just need to focus on what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And absolutely. I can't always control my kids, but I can do what <laughs> I can to influence them and I can yeah. control myself. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kathy. Yeah, thanks for having me, Emily. It was my pleasure. And I will make sure to link your show in the show notes. Sounds great. Thank you. What if, in just 10 minutes, you could expedite getting to the root of your child's intense emotions and behaviors? This is exactly why I created the free Why Is My Child Melting Down Roadmap? A cheat sheet plus 10 minute mini training video that will help you simplify this process so you can be better empowered to then help your child with their big feelings. Head over to enlighteningmotherhood.com and click on freebies to get your free copy.